Welcome back to Troubled, a podcast by survivors of institutional abuse for survivors and the general public and trigger warning right now and always seriously back up if that's an issue for you guys. It is November 19th, 2020, as I'm sitting in the Prius, which hasn't run in a couple months in Texas, recording this on the iPhone that Wes Good of Dead Wolf from the family school sent me months ago and my last phone was smashed during an animal rescue incident. So thanks, Wes, for basically sponsoring the continuation of the podcast. Anyways, you guys, freaking tripping out, ADHD, coffee, and I can't believe I'm saying this to you right now. Oh my God. Woo. Um, Kansas City Star just posted an article. Please check it out. I'm going to link it at the top and I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but basically the Missouri House, hopefully you've kept up with all that, is uh, writing legislation to be voted on coming January for Missouri requiring schools, even faith-based ones, regardless of this religious exemption, to register, have background checks not be able to have more than three violations uh, with criminal activity and all this jazz before the children are removed. This is incredible. I did not expect to see this. I mean, Amanda says it best, so check out the article and and see it all. But um, I do want to read a quick quote from Representative Carrie Ingle. So just bear with me here. It was important for everyone on the committee to understand the scope of the problem and that it was systemic and not an isolated event, Rep. Carrie Ingle said. She also says that she knows it was difficult for these former students to speak out. That's you guys. That's that's our family that were on the ground in Missouri with us and supporting virtually throughout this whole experience, and especially this weekend. That's you guys. So this is about you. Hear her. It wasn't just them coming out with their stories and revisiting all of the trauma they endured, Ingle said, but they're doing it so it doesn't happen to someone else. The courage they've shown in putting future generations and other people ahead of themselves is commendable. They should be very, very proud of themselves. I know that I am. And I know that I am. I am so proud of every one of you, Amanda, Colton, all of the survivors of Circle of Hope, Agape, all the Lester Roloff programs, Janine Miller, who's been fighting for us since the freaking 90s and then was on the ground for this. This is just absolutely incredible. I, I don't think any of us can believe that the universe is finally unfolding in the way that it is. And It's because of so many that literally gave their lives. John Martin Crawford and Joe most recently. So Joe Barnett, John Martin Crawford, Aaron Bacon, Martin Lee Anderson, Cornelius Fredericks, and now our missing sister, Rachel Kelso. Where is Rachel Kelso? This 33-year-old woman adopted from the Philippines, discarded with her seven siblings into agape, wings of faith, and circle of hope. She was legally committed into the care of a predator, a prolific predator, who is currently being investigated, Boyd Householder. You can look it up on Missouri's website. This 30-something-year-old woman legally is still under his care, and she's missing They told us they would remove her so that we couldn't use her against them. 
That's what they said. But they've hidden her to use her against us. And this is the last manipulation that they use that we play into. And they get us this time. Until we find and liberate Rachel Kelso, whose sister has attorneys and is currently trying to find her biological sister and bring her home, we won't stop. So this is a big cheer. Cry in your cars with us. But uh, it's not over. This is just the beginning. This is a reading from the Kansas City Star's recent article that just came out on the 17th as Agape and Circle of Hope survivors, allies, other survivors, and advocates left Stockton, Missouri. Here's the update. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has directed the state's attorney general to assist Cedar County authorities in the investigation and prosecution of possible charges in the case of Circle of Hope Girls Ranch. In a news release Tuesday morning, Cedar County Prosecuting Attorney Ty Gaither said he requested that Parson involve Attorney General Eric Schmidt. The governor then directed the AG to assist, Gaither said in his release. In my opinion, my county does not have the resources that I believe are going to be necessary to fully handle this case. I anticipate the possibility of charges. Gaither received the Circle of Hope investigation from the Cedar County Sheriff's Office earlier last week. He said he spent days reviewing it and then late in the week contacted the governor's office. On Monday, he heard from Parsons' office that the staff from the attorney general's office would be assisting him. It's not something our office can handle alone, Gaither said, who also has three ongoing unrelated murder cases. This is too complicated. I believe this case will be way too complicated for a one-man office to have. The boarding school run by Boyd and Stephanie Householder is now closed. The Circle of Hope property sits on 35 acres along Highway N, about seven miles from Humansville in Cedar County. The householders did not respond to a request for comment. The Star began looking into Circle of Hope this past summer after authorities removed 25 girls from the ranch in mid-August. The investigation found that the faith-based boarding school has had four substantiated reports of abuse since it opened in 2006, according to the Missouri Department of Social Services. One report was for neglect, another for physical abuse and neglect, and two were sexual abuse allegations. The householders have denied that those incidents occurred and are fighting the allegations in court. In late July, a Washington couple drove 32 hours from the Seattle area to pick up their daughter who'd gone to the school for two years. The family told the star they went directly to the sheriff's office, and the 17-year-old told a deputy what went on inside Circle of Hope. After the girls were removed from the ranch, they were taken to a facility in Joplin, and workers from DSS called parents to pick up their daughters. Local and state law enforcement served a search warrant at the school in early September. The school hasn't been open since, and the householders have put the property up for sale. Side note, Circle of Hope nonprofit, Exposing Circle of Hope, run by Amanda Householders, attempting to buy the property. So if you'd like to assist, uh, hit us up. Continuing the reading. Gaither said Tuesday that the state is still going over items seized in the search. In 2018, a Missouri Highway Patrol sergeant spent months investigating abuse allegations against the householders before presenting his case to federal prosecutors. But according to Sergeant Travis Hitchcock's 44-page report obtained by the Star, his investigation didn't go any further than the U.S. Attorney's Office in Springfield. A federal prosecutor there declined to file charges against the householders. Hitchcock opened that investigation on May 30, 2018. His report is filled with allegations of physical abuse, sexual misconduct, and possible human trafficking. Several former students and two former staff members told the sergeant that girls aged 17 and 18 weren't allowed to leave the ranch. Side note, that is against their rights in the state of Missouri. 17 is the age of consent. 
In a September 6th Star report, several young women who have lived at the facility described in vivid detail a place that sounded more like a maximum security prison than a Christian reform school for troubled girls. They told of punishment that included withholding food and water and being forced to stand against a wall for hours on end for even the most minor infractions. And they explained how they were restrained, pinned on the floor with Boyd Householder's knee pressed on the back of their necks, while other girls or staff members pushed as hard as they could on pressure points on girls' arms and legs. In a lengthy September 12th interview with The Star, Boyd and Stephanie Householder denied all allegations. They said it was all revenge from a group of girls whose lives didn't turn out well after they'd left the ranch. The householders said they were closing their reform school for good. Boyd, 71, said that he would not put up with the corrupt sheriff's department and the corrupt social services department. A decades-old Missouri statute allows boarding schools like Circle of Hope to claim a religious exemption, which means they are not required to be licensed and the state has no authority over their operations. After the star's first Circle of Hope story was published, Rep. Carrie Ingle of Lee's Summit requested a legislative hearing in Jefferson City. On November 9th, lawmakers on the House Children and Families Committee met and heard hours of testimony about how the state has no oversight over these schools. Lawmakers said after the hearing that something must be done about boarding schools that lack state oversight. After four hours of testimony, the committee chairwoman said a report would be submitted in two weeks that will include recommendations on how to better protect children in unlicensed youth facilities across Missouri. Ideas discussed by lawmakers included requiring background checks for employees of unlicensed youth facilities, requiring those schools to register with the state in some way, and adopting legislation that would require parents to be notified if there's a substantiated report of abuse or neglect at their children's boarding school. On November 8th, the Star published a report on Agape Boarding School, another Christian reform school in Cedar County. Sixteen former students told similar stories of physical and mental abuse at the boys' facility. Some said they had reported the abuse to local law enforcement, but nothing ever came of it. The Star's investigation found that the Cedar County Sheriff's Department has ties to Agape, employing in some capacity at least three people who've worked at the school or still two. That includes two full-time deputies. Since we have every intention of uploading the Right to Rights rally in its entirety over the next couple of days for you, we've just snipped out a couple clips, a couple Agape Brothers Survivor statements for you, one virtually and one from on the ground in Missouri. Here he is. Let's give it up for Colton. How's everybody doing? Just found out I was speaking. Thank you. My name is Colton, Colton Schrag. I went to Agape back in 2006 for the second time. I stayed there until I graduated in 2009. I was 17. I didn't have a home to go home to. I definitely needed to be in a place where I could get some help. Uh, the help I got, though, was not the help I needed. Uh, yep. I didn't need to get beat up and abused from staff members on a daily basis. Uh, I didn't feel like I didn't need to, to watch kids try to commit suicide and then in the process get restrained and beat up afterwards. Um, I tried to start a riot at Agape because of the abuse that we were enduring. And it was a day in and a day out thing that happened on a daily basis. Uh, and it, man, it makes me so mad because Agape looks so amazing. It's so beautiful. Uh, they're a pillar of the community here in Stockton, right? And, and the doors are mag locked for a reason so that they can't come in and we can't get out. So no one sees what goes on behind the closed doors. Same as Circle of Hope, right? Because I know a householder, he was a staff member there when I was. And some of the things he did to us, I feel so bad for you ladies, because I know 
It's true. Uh, and then you've got other schools running around here. You got Masters Ranch in, Cra in Couch, Missouri. You got Legacy Boys Academy right down the road. Both of those schools are all former Agape staff members. Legacy Ranch, that guy that runs that school, he used to beat us. He, uh, when I was 17, he choked me out. So they're running rapid here. So I'd like to. That's kind of why I'm talking. Another reason why I'm talking is I'm here for the voices that can't be spoken to. We've had kids from Agape kill themselves based on some of the abuse they endured there from the 90s, the 2000s, up until present day. I'm here to talk to them. I'm here to talk for the girls that can't speak for themselves. Also for the kids that are still in these schools right now. I think Agape's yeah. got 150 students in there. Thank God Circle of Hope is shut down. Ain't nobody in that one. Yeah. We did something right. Uh, thank God for Amanda, because if she didn't yeah. say something. So, so we're one down, a few more to go, but we can do it. And if we can't shut them down, then we need laws to change. We need laws in this town right here and in this state to change. We need some laws out there. I know the legislators, I wish they could be here, but they're listening to us. Uh, thanks to the Kansas City Star. Uh, Judy has uh, been amazing. At the very least, we can't close them down. We need to get them licensed, but we need to get them ready. Background check. Yeah. Yes. We need the government to be able to walk in there and say, no, I'm going to do a health inspection right now. I'm going to walk through these hallways and see if this building's clean. Uh, I'm going to walk through here, and if I, I'm going to see if I got kids with rug burns on their face, or I'm going to ask why there's a hole in this wall the size of a body. Uh, I need to, we need to be able to do that. And then not only that, we need to get the boys in these schools and the girls in these schools a voice to reach out to them while they're in there. Yes. Uh, I was there for a total of five and a half years. And I never one time saw a police officer or a CPS agent come to that school. I had to run away from Agape for them to come to me. Um, we can do better. We can do better, but we need to do better. I flew from New Mexico to come out here. I don't like this town. I don't even like <laughs> Missouri because of what I had to go through here. Yeah! I fucking hate it. And it makes me so mad that I have to come here because 12 years later, it's still going on. I listened to a podcast from a kid from Agape like two months ago. He's still getting beat up by Brian Clinton. All these staff, you want to talk about a person. Brian Clemson needs to be put in prison. Boyd Householder needs to. He beat yes. the girls up. Ron Sheldon needs to be in prison. Yes! Whoa! The staff members that watched it happen, you need to be held accountable. Yeah. Because you're just as guilty. Yeah. Yes. We're lemon people. We're the ones that are speaking now. And I hope to God we hold you accountable. These Missouri State legislators, they're going to hold you accountable one day. And if you believe the Christian faith like you say, God's going to hold you accountable for the way you treat us. Yes! Right? And there's one thing that I can say, we're not kids anymore. And with social media, we have a huge voice. And we're yes. going to use it. And if you ain't listening, you better start listening. Because we're here. We ain't going nowhere! This is Brett Harper, survivor of Agape and founder of Spare the Rod. You can find my website at www.sparetherodnpfornonprofit.com and reach out to me. I am happy to explain further anything I tell you. We've only got a few minutes, and so I'll make it quick. Uh, thank you, first of all, to everybody that put this together. This is amazing. Bless you for that. I, I really appreciate all the hard work you put into this. Words cannot say 
uh, how appreciative I am of the Circle of Hope Girls uh, and all that they've done. The Kansas City Star. Uh, as I said, my name is Brett Harper. I was in Agape from 99 to 2003. Yes, my dad is Bill Harper of Touchdown Transports. No, I am not my dad. I am doing everything I can to undo all the damage that he is doing. Of course, I can't, but I want to try as my hardest to help people. And and that's why I've kicked it into high gear and started the spare the rod thing just a couple of years ago, because I, I just really felt like this problem isn't going away. And I just was really frustrated with him. I don't talk to him anymore. Basically, if you don't know what a transport agency is, they come and take unwilling kids, usually in the middle of the night or after school, put them in handcuffs and then drag them off. And often they treat them like property. In my case, my transport agents that Bill had hired uh, handcuffed me. They came out of a bathroom when I got home off of school and handcuffed me. They flashed badges at me and freaked me out, told me I could do it the easy way or the hard way. I chose the easy way, handcuffed me. When we got to the uh, airport, they put me in a leg brace because I was behaving. I wasn't trying to run away. Offered me a cigarette at one point in time, which was stupid, but um, they showed me a piece of paper that my parents had signed over a temporary custody order and basically explained it that I was their property. And then when I got to Agape, I was treated like property again. I, all my stuff was gone through. I was backhanded by a staff member. That story's in the, the Kansas City Star part of it, very short part of it. And, and really began my life at Agape being traumatized. I now have PTSD, major depressive disorder nightly night terrors and sciatica. I've had sciatica for 16 years. If you've been pregnant and had sciatica, possibly you've had sciatica, pregnant ladies get sciatica sometimes. It's a very painful thing to go through. I can't sit for more than 20 minutes at a time without being in a lot of pain. I can't walk for more than half a mile. And so, uh, you know, and I've really tried exercise. I've tried acupuncture. I've tried everything. I've tried chiropractic. But really, when it comes down to it, the imaging doesn't lie. And what happened was my disc dried up. It had too much strain on it. And I was too dehydrated. And it, it ripped. It fissured. So so the area around the disc might heal, but the disc itself is not going to heal. So that's permanent damage that was done uh, by work crews at Agape. We would carry these large piles of rocks in our arms and stand in line. And that weight on my lower back for hours at a time while I was still growing with a lack of water because they would have us working out there long hours with very short water breaks. It sometimes deny you water if they didn't like you or if they thought you were mouthing off or misbehaving. Just absolutely horrible. Um, and so we would build everything. We built the houses, the staff houses. We built the facilities there. They didn't hire contractors. We were slave labor. So that's where my back went. My back went to building Agape. And uh, I pay for it every day. So it's hard to get work. I It's been impossible lately. I'm waiting for another back surgery on December 10th. I had one last year that failed. So that's been really hard. I haven't been able to be active to do the things I want to do. Uh, it's, it's really made me feel like less of a man. It really hurts and it's really a painful thing. Um, the PTSD is, is very hard to deal with the triggers that I deal with a couple of years ago. Um, my PTSD got so bad that I was like blacking out and trying to kill myself and like running off into the woods or like 
you know, yelling at people and screaming at them to the point where they thought I was going to like hurt them. And, and just like was, was fight or flight mode all the time, like getting triggered and stuff. And it just really ruined my life. And I quit alcohol 18 months ago and I quit smoking last December. But, you know, those were my go-to things for a lot of my twenties to try and drown out the memories and to calm my anxiety and make me feel normal again and slow my brain down um, because of the trauma that I had been through. I'm now in counseling and I'm now trying to help other people. Please don't send your kids to these places. Please don't do that. I have major depressive disorder. This is a third recurrent episode. It'll never go away. I have PTSD. I have a broken back. I am an example of what happens when you send your kid here. And also the Cedar County Sheriff's Department is covering for Agape. They're hiding reports from what I understand. And people need to look into that. So there's corruption here and they need to look into that. Thank you. Please be safe. Wear a mask. Stay socially distanced. We aren't out of this pandemic yet. Continue to fight and reach out to me if you have any questions about what I talked about today. I'd be happy, more than happy to elaborate on that. So blessings to you all and may Agape close soon. This is a reading directly from the website of Agape Boarding School. This is a response to news media accusations. Our response to Kansas City Star's unfounded allegations of inappropriate conduct at Agape. The local news media has raised questions about how Agape operates and our standard of care. Rather than asking us directly, which they did, the reporters gleaned their information from some past residents who had created a negative social media site designed to hurt Agape. They never spoke to any of our current students, staff, or parents, nor visited our campus, because they weren't allowed to. For the discerning parent, we offer these insights in regard to some of the accusations that were made by these boys, who are now men, many of whom spent just a short time at Agape. Agape was founded by a former California state trooper and his wife who saw how badly troubled boys are typically treated in the system. They wanted to offer these boys and their parents a better alternative. Their goal, and the goal of Agape to this day, is to help transform the attitudes of the boys so they take more concern for their own future and avoid self-destructing attitudes and activities to basically put them on the right track in life. With 150 troubled boys on our campus, we work with each boy helping to turn around their self-destructive actions and attitudes. Plus, we need to keep the peace of the entire group. That is no easy task! Exclamation point! Boys come to us with drug issues, anger and aggression, and most have no respect for authority. Many were expelled from public school for fighting and otherwise causing trouble. Maintaining order within a large group of aggressive boys requires structure, regimented procedures, and constant monitoring, since things can quickly spiral out of control. For their personal safety, we therefore monitor every aspect of the boys' time here, 24 hours per day. There is nothing sinister or abusive about such monitoring. It is for their own safety. When a student is considered to be in crisis or fighting, our staff are trained to take quick action to separate the boys using proper de-escalation techniques. Agitated boys are restrained safely and taken to a separate room to cool down. We do not allow our staff to use chokeholds. 
Any staff resorting to a chokehold or other harm to a boy will be fired immediately and may face criminal charges. Chokeholds and physical harm are simply not permitted. As for required Bible verse memorization, which was reported by the journalists as being abusive to the boys, we are a religious, non-denominational, although they're IFB and it's all over their signs on their website, but okay, non-denominational Christian facility. Parents know this when they bring their boy here. We believe that scripture is valuable for a boy to know and that it can change a boy on a subconscious level or come back to him at just the right time later in life. So we are not and never will be ashamed to say that the Bible, which we consider to be God's inspired word, is an important part of our therapy. Concerning the accusation that the boys are used as punching bags for the staff, we find this allegation totally ridiculous. It goes against everything we believe in, and it would be against how we train our staff to act. And if a boy is cold or hot and thirsty when he goes outdoors, we expect them to let us know. But some boys just want to act tough or have something to complain about to get the parents to come get them. After all, many were brought here against their wishes and generally do not want to be here at least not at first. They will find any and every excuse to give their parents as to why they shouldn't remain here, and they will accuse Agape staff of just about anything, just to shock their parents into coming to get them early. Fact is, many of the boys that we have worked with over the past 30 years would be dead or on the streets or in gangs had they not gone through the Agape program. That's not what we say. It's what they and their parents consistently tell us upon graduation. At Agape, our mentors and teachers work tirelessly to give these boys the motivation, tools, and direction they need for a better future and a better life. One former staff member interviewed in one news story claimed that we fake that we love the boys so they behave. That is a very odd accusation made by a vocally disgruntled former employee. Showing genuine Christian love for the boys is the very definition of our agape name. Greek, word for unconditional love. I think it's actually the Greek word for brotherly love. Filial, agape. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Catholic education. But also, like, just, we're in, we're in, we're in subnotes, you guys. Um, the staff member they're talking about will actually have his day. We have his recording next. And continuing. Our care and concern is never meant to be a manipulation tactic. While some on our staff are naturally more loving than others, we're proud to have a very dedicated and caring team. Most of the men on our staff work here because they, too, were troubled at one time. They desire to give something back to help other boys just like them. The bottom line is that out of some 4,000 students over the past 30 years, just a handful of boys may have, for one reason or another, had a difficult time adjusting to life here at Agape. Many such boys only spent a few weeks on campus, but now they've become vocal critics online. News reporters have taken notice and jumped on the opportunity to report their damaging stories, with no proof whatsoever. Why? <sighs> because such stories about other similar facilities in other states have been very popular and have given journalists coveted awards, including the Pulitzer Prize for Journalism, were just the next easy target. Y'all pause. If multiple reporters in multiple other states are winning Pulitzers for coverage just like this, I hope the parents heard that. Did you? Continuing. We on staff at Agape aren't perfect, nor are the staff of any such program. Sometimes we make mistakes. 
but our hearts are in the right place. We desperately want to help these boys, and we do for most boys who come here. Most boys flourish here and go on to have a great future, while a small number of other boys are just not the right fit and get bitter for being brought here. Our admission staff work hard to ensure that the right boys are accepted, but sometimes we simply don't know how they will react to being in such an environment. Parents beg us to take their boy out of concern for the boy's safety and his future. Most such boys are totally out of control and doing great damage to themselves or causing fears for the safety of other family members. Our efforts to help the boys are not for personal financial gain. Everyone here receives very little in wages, and that is to help ensure that our tuition rate is well below that of other typical facilities. Also, can we just pause? Everyone says that low-wage employees are hazardous to health. Continuing, continuing. Agape is a nonprofit organization, so it's owned by no individual. Any extra funds generated or donated to Agape are put right back into the program, which is why the facility activities and training for the boys keeps getting better and better. Think of the alternative. If the news media and activists are successful in shutting Agape down, many other boys who could have come here will instead end up being in jail, juvenile detention, or worse. Is that really what they want? We hope they are not that short-sighted. We pray that parents of troubled boys will see the efforts of the liberal media to get Agape shut down for what they are, spreading the false accusations of just a few boys out of over 4,000 that have been helped by Agape, and not getting any proof whatsoever of their claims is totally unresponsible and libelous. Oh, we welcome those charges! We believe that 99% of the boys who've come to Agape are very thankful for their time here. 99% of the boys? Where are they getting these stats, y'all? Lies and blame shifting is typical for troubled boys. Parents know that. Just to remind everybody, none of these are boys anymore. These are all men and women. These boys have learned to blame anyone but themselves for their own mistakes, including not taking advantage of getting help while here at Agape. The news media then relishes the chance to attack us using the words of these troubled... Whatever. We consistently teach every boy here that they need to be honorable truthful, and responsible for their own thoughts, actions, and attitudes. We train them to look to the future and prepare for it. For most boys, this sinks in and becomes part of their psyche while here, but it usually takes at least a year, sometimes more, for them to come to this realization. However, such maturity and self-responsibility are not achieved if their time here is cut short or if a boy is unusually stubborn. When thinking about the recent negative articles in the press, Keep in mind that a similar expose of religious boarding schools in Florida awarded the zealous journalist there a Pulitzer Prize. You guys know they don't award Pulitzer Prizes for, like, fake news, right? Like, or at least, you know, that's not the standard. Yet many of those accusations were unfounded and later proven to be totally false. Unfortunately, the reporting caused several good programs to close down. So think of the intent of these fame-seeking journalists and activists who are attacking us, and the fact that they interviewed none of our current staff nor any of the boys on campus to come up with their initial conclusions and accusations. Because you wouldn't allow them to. Does that mean we can come? Please let uh, Kansas City Star know you're welcome, that they're welcome to come on site. Like, that's what I'm hearing. Continuing. Ahem. Innocent families can be hurt by the deception and lies of such false reports that are legitimized by the press. It's a sad practice for the news media to prey on parents and families at a time when emotions are the most fragile. During a time of family crisis, and while the parents are the most vulnerable and desperate, misleading and erroneous information like this will convince some parents not to seek proper help for their troubled teenage son. 
To verify what we've stated here, we encourage you to do your due diligence before considering our program. If you are a parent of a prospective student who has been pre-approved for admissions into Agape, we encourage you to visit us. Meet us face to face. You know, finally, rather than relying on the liberal media who's repeating what a few troubled boys have said about Agape, we welcome you to read our seven pages of mostly anonymous reviews. So I'm like, not going to read any of them. But I do want to read this Bible verse they've quoted from Luke 6.22. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. Also, I just want to say, we don't really need to worry about these sons of men, because we're motherfucking sons of God. So go come get it. Hey, James Griffey here. In response to the thing Agape released, you know, talking about the media accusations and so forth, and um, I'll, I'll be honest, when I initially read it, I was extremely upset because it just brought back a lot of the same memories from when I was at that school. And mind you, I'm a 37-year-old man now, um, and so it's... This is a long time ago to bring up those kind of same emotions, but I remember being in school and they pretty much would tell our parents that not to believe us, that we're lying, that we're making things up, you know, and it put a big dissension between us and our parents, you know, basically creating this idea in our parents' minds that we're lying and that agape is telling the truth and that we're not to, you know, that we're wrong not to believe us. So even when we did speak out and talk about these things prior, you know, um, our families wouldn't necessarily believe it. So for them to pull that same exact thing all over again, but this time sending out to all the parents and whoever else is willing to read it, like, oh, like we're the victims here. They're, I can't believe they're coming at us. And all, most of them are kids that just barely left the school and didn't do their full time here. And it's like, whatever. Like I was one of those people that spoke out. One of the articles was written about me. And I spent three years in the program and a year on staff and I'm have no problem like speaking out about this all these years later. Like I said, I'm 30, 37 years old now. And, um, it still bothers me all this time later. No, I'm not huddled up in a corner crying every night because of what they did to me. I would not give them that satisfaction of having that control over my life for all this time. I chose to live my own life. I chose to improve my life and I feel like I'm very successful with how I am. And I don't attribute any of that to a religion, to a God, to a boarding school, to any of that. So, um, for them to say that the, most of these boys are speaking out and saying these things are just pretty much, you know, fucked up and have issues and everything. Like, no, I mean, if you come look at my life right now, like things are pretty freaking great, you know? But then after, reading it and thinking more about it. I'm like, wait, this is actually good because we're, we've gotten their attention. You know, they're saying something back. They let us know that there's at least 4,000 other teenage boys or have gone through their program that are out there that can attest to this. Cause I mean, they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that by letting us know that how many kids are out there that we could potentially get in touch with because everyone witnesses it. Yeah, there are some kids that are saying that it wasn't that bad at Agape and it wasn't, you know, or we deserved, we deserved what happened to us, you know, it, when they're saying that 
we deserved what happened to us. They're not denying that we were abused. They're just saying that we deserved it. You know, our actions resulted in us getting thrown around, beat up by staff and whatnot like that. We deserved it. So it's just, just know when these people are saying that, oh, you know, like it's not that bad or whatever. Like they're not denying that there was abuse. They're just, you know, not, in my opinion, being real and uh, saying it as it is. But, um, but yeah, just know that 4,000 other guys out there, and that's just our school. That's just Agape. There's so many hundreds, if not thousands of these schools across multiple countries, right? So there's so many more people to speak out and say something. So like I said, initially I was upset about what they put out, but then I was excited because like I said, we got, we got their attention. There's they're, they're on the defense right now. They're having to, you know, justify everything and you deny it and all that stuff. And they're not going to be able to when, you know, right now we're at maybe like 50 people, but when we get to two, 300, 400, 500, people the kids the kids are you know ex-students coming out like they're what are they going to be able to say about it you know and everyone has their own personal recollection of what happened there so um i i take this as a win you know i, I know a lot of people were pissed off and upset about what they said but i take this as a win for the movement and what we're trying to do so much love to you guys keep up the hard work and let me know what i can do to help so I just want to remind people how extreme the complicity um, in covering up child abuse is in Stockton, Missouri. Uh, obviously, per the Kansas City Star's report, Agape is paying the Cedar County sheriffs. So no duh that they weren't investigating Agape or any of the programs that were spawned out of Agape by staff that created their own programs, including but not limited to Circle of Hope, which is now closed. The attorney general is now being directed to look at after over a decade of not responding to abuse allegations. Also, Masters Ranch, which had its Washington location closed after child sexual predators. Um, but their M Missouri location is doing well. Also, Refuge for Girls. Also, Wings for Faith. Also, Legacy. So um, this is a statement from the mayor of Stockton. And this is why these things are not getting handled. So without further ado, to whom it may concern. I've been the mayor of Stockton for the past six years and served on the city council five years prior to that. In that time, I've had the pleasure of getting to know the founders and staff at Agape Boarding School. Agape is a great asset to our community. Everyone at Agape, whether it be faculty or students, are always willing to help out their community in any way they can. It is the perfect atmosphere for teen boys who are struggling with anything from authority, bad behavior, drugs, bad grades, or failing in their faith. Agape is the perfect place for troubled teen boys to get their lives back on track. The Agape campus is a loving and amazing place that offers a quality education, even though it's non-accredited, as well as sports and vocational training, mainly wrestling so we can have a lot of excuses for bruised eyes and broken bones. The way Agape boarding school helps troubled boys learn Christian values and grow in their faith is especially important. I would say to any parent who's having a hard time entrusting their son to a teen program far away or close to home that I have no problem endorsing Agape Christian Boarding School. Sincerely, Patty Thompson, Mayor, City of Stockton, Missouri. You heard it. What's going on, guys? My name is Colton Schrag, and I am an advocate for teenagers, whether in the troubled teen industry or just in life in general. I felt that was my calling 
from the day I turned 18 to present day. Uh, this is my statement and my response to Agape uh, for their response to how our weekend went. I'm not a troubled boy. I'm not a disgruntled boy. I'm not hateful. I'm not angry at anything. I care about teenagers. I care about kids. And I don't want any kids to have to go through the abuse that I went through in any facility, whether it's Agape or a state-ran one. That's why I'm advocating for regulations and licenses. That's why I'm advocating for change. I'm here to reform the reform schools in America. Sometimes you just have to start by one school at a time. Like I said, I'm not a troubled boy anymore. I'm a man. I've got a family. I have a career. I'm very happy with how my life has turned out. Um, I have everything that I want and could ask for. I've had the ability to be blessed enough to help other people. I'm a Christian. I go to church on a regular basis. And in that church, I'm a youth worker in our youth group where I see teenagers from 13 all the way into 18 and 19. I've had the blessing and the ability to make an impact and to be a role model and a leader to some of these teenagers. I've had teenagers over the years that I've helped still call me and still contact me and say thank you. Every time they see me, they run up and give me a hug because I've been such a blessing in their lives. I've been able to do this by showing love, compassion, and genuinely caring for them. I have never put a hand on a teenager. I have never put them through a wall. I have never slammed a teenager on the ground. I have never inflicted any ounce of mental or physical abuse on these teenagers. I have made a change because I have loved them, I have cared for them, and I have helped them. So my response to the statement and the, and the accusations that Agape made about us, I wasn't at Agape for a short period of time, a few weeks. I was at that school for years. I didn't say anything for a very long time because I thought the abuse had stopped. And then to come to find out that it is still going on, and that's why we're having this conversation. That's why I decided that I have a very powerful testimony that I can probably help and influence some change, some actual real life change in these schools. My mission is to reform the reform schools and make them a genuine place that actually cares about people and that doesn't hurt people. Now, I'm not saying Agape, some of the staff don't care about them, about the kids there. But I am saying that you are turning a blind eye to some of the abuse that may go on there. Present day. Now, I can't speak for current day because I'm not there. I've just heard stories that match up to some of the stories that I went through back then. And it wasn't just once or twice for me. It was almost every day. Uh, I'm a fighter. I was a fighter back then. And I'm a fighter right now. I'm going to continue to fight for change. For licensing, regulating, and if you're not willing to comply, then to shut the school down and other schools like it. 
I was recently quoted multiple times in a Kansas City Star article about my time at Agape Boarding School as a staff member. I stand by all my statements without hesitation. In the response to my statements about the school, Agape stated this was the voice of one disgruntled employee. They painted me as a bitter and angry person, which if you know me, you know that allegation is utter nonsense. Agape also greatly misquoted me by saying that I said they, quote, fake that we love these boys so that they behave, end quote. I never said that. When I spoke to the KCS reporter, I told her that I believed that many of the staff members genuinely cared for the boys. Most of the staff are just grossly underqualified to deal with them. During my time at the school, to my understanding, I was the only one with any type of youth degree. I did say that some of the ways the boys were treated was not loving and that they were being manipulated to behave. I stand by that quote, but I never said that the staff did not love them. They ended their article with reviews from former students and parents, some of them anonymous, stating how good the school was, but conveniently left out how many students have committed suicide due to the abuse they received. They left out how many students have diagnosed mental illness from the school that they have to deal with for the rest of their lives. They left out how many students have diagnosed PTSD from Browntown and like programs the school runs or has run. Can I be transparent? I do not regret my time as a staff at Agape. I met my two best friends there. The students that I had, I communicate with regularly and we have a great relationship. I literally cannot list you one student who I had a bad relationship with and I can also state that I have never received anything negative about my actions from former students. My goal was always to show the boys that I respected and loved them in a proper biblical way and then they would listen to me because they respected me. I did not not use the disciplinary abusive tactics regularly because I knew they that it wasn't true agape love. Agape boys, I love you guys so much. I am shedding tears uh, as I speak this, um, uh, praying and fighting for justice and closure for you all. Former staff, now is the time to speak out. Do not be afraid of the NDA they force you to sign. A breaking code silence lawyer uh, has communicated it with me that it does not count toward abusive and illegal activity. The school painted me out as the only former staff member to have issues, but I know that there are more. I know eight from my three years there who want to cry out against their actions, both uh, against students and also the abusive manipulation tactics they use on current staff members. Please don't let me be the only voice out there as a staff member. Now is the time to speak up. Let's speak out and show what it means to truly have biblical agape love. July 2020, a friend of mine, a former agape student, a husband and a father, Joe Barnett, took his own life, left behind his wife and three little boys. In his suicide letter, he mentions the horrific abuse he endured and saw while at agape. If your goal in life is to help them change their future, please explain how you helped him. This year alone, a couple Agape boys, one whose family still attends Agape and actually tried to run us over while at our silent vigil for our fallen brothers of Agape overdosed. Can you please explain how you helped them? This is in just 2020 alone. The list throughout the years is extremely long too long to even go through, but I specifically want to ask how you helped Edwin Estrada. Do you remember him? Well, he is facing 60 years in jail for beating a World War II veteran to death. 
Can you please explain how you helped him? These are just a few. I can bring up many, many more, but there's just not enough time. I want to ask how you expect to help these boys when the founder's grandson himself, the founder Jim Clemenson's grandson, Jareth Clemenson, was caught raping his sister. And instead of you guys holding him accountable, which is what you should have done, you get him off easy, only for him to reoffend again two years later. CPS has even removed staff children due to the abuse within their own family members. And I'm pretty sure Charlie Faulkner is still pretty high up in staff. Please explain how you help anything. I was there from 2001 and 2006, and all I saw was abuse. Never love, never therapy, just abuse. The truth will always come out and it is slowly. We have nothing to hide, nor do we have anything to gain except a clear conscience, knowing that what we are doing is right. The worst part about all of this is you literally have the ability to help, except the abuse for your school dates back to when it first started 30 years ago. So hopefully you could hear it in their voices and you understand that the activists and advocates, whether they are ex-staff, staff children or students, are standing on the front lines right now that this is life or death. It's absolutely imperative and we can no longer wait. We're losing people and we never know whose turn it is or what time is up. So please, please take this seriously. Understand that people like Amanda um, and Pastor Clydence have risked everything to tell the truth. There's so much stigma attached to these things. And so we value their valor and their bravery. And we do believe that the truth will set not only us, but those that come after us and came before us free. And so this work is imperative and we do appreciate you joining us. But following up on all that intensity, you can't make this shit up, you guys. Yesterday, as we were clipping this together, which was November 18th, 2020, Agape actually went live on YouTube for over three hours. It wasn't until well after 8 p.m. Um, we got to check when the feed ended. I think it was like into nine, like, you know, whatever, whatever. The boys weren't allowed to eat until this like self-masturbatory live feed was over. Um, there was a lot of self-incriminating jazz in there. Their narcissistic tendencies have short-sighted any potential for self-awareness. So they just don't even hear themselves announcing, you know, uh, the boys are real hungry. Like, are you freaking kidding? Or talking about how these boys were the ones that did all the manual labor to build all these things that removed asbestos that lived on properties without heat or water or any of these like basic necessities and I get that for those of us who survived the tough love treatment and those of us who were raised by boomers or in this other world where you know rough and tough it I mean guys remember I live off grid I have no running water no electricity no heat right um but not my choice uh also I don't think it's necessarily appropriate to subject teenagers to it, which is why when it's super cold or super hot, my daughter's with her grandparents, right? Um, and so I understand when you're going to hear this clip, which is pulled from the live feed from last night, you might be like, oh, it'll toughen those boys up. But I also want to remind you that right now, go check for yourself on Agape's website. 
they are federally authorized to accept alien children. So federal tax dollars and federally placed children are at agape right now. And so while I get that there's um, a certain social normative, like turn the other way for these private placements and the treatment, this boot camp reform, tough love jazz, how is this remotely acceptable for federally placed alien children? Um, From the websites that I've looked at over the past few days since we found this out, uh, there are actual rules and standards of care for these kids. They're supposed to actually get a real education. Uh, Agape is non-accredited. Um, they're supposed to be under state license and regulated facilities. Uh, that doesn't count for Agape. They just have the mayor's approval and the sheriff's in their back pocket. So we are hoping that some of you hearing this might actually know how we can go about looking into the rules requirements, looking into the transparency oversight and who to talk to, and also see if there's any tracking going on because Agape, as well as Circle of Hope, are accused of not just the standard trafficking. Like, obviously, we all know that uh, Agape and their leaders have trafficked kids over the border. Uh, We don't know that all of those kids had proper, you know, IDs or whatnot. We also know that, obviously, escorting is in and of itself trafficking uh, that we don't agree should be legal. But we also know that the United States federal government has lost thousands of alien children from the border. And I would imagine it's very easy to lose them through a program like Agape, which is essentially completely isolated as a Baptist reform ranch, you know? Uh, So I would love to see if there's a way to track that because I'm very concerned that there's a legitimate potential that children are being further trafficked through Agape boarding school. So if anybody knows how to dig into that or is involved in any of that and wants to help us figure this out, uh, maybe this is the way to get some regulation or oversight or is someone in legally in to be able to see what's going on. So anyways, without further ado, I'm sorry, you guys, ADHD brain, the coffee's kicking in. Let's hear from Agape. So we were living in California and California is kind of like Florida, but without the humidity. So it was beautiful, warm. And then all of a sudden he wants to take me to Othello, Washington, where it snows and the drifts are, the snow drifts are like 10 feet tall and it's freezing cold. We're moving to this Air Force base that has no power, no heat, no water. And I looked at him, I cried all the way up to Washington in the truck, I cried. Then we get there to the Air Force base he comes around in my side of the door, and he's like, okay, let's get out. I'm like, no. He's like, no, come on, we got to go. I'm like, no, I'm not getting out of this truck. My kids are not getting out of this truck. We're going to sleep here tonight. He's like, okay. Yep. That didn't last long, though. <laughs> Eventually, I got out of the truck with my kids, and we all slept in the same bed that night, curled up in a big, huge quilt. So. It, was, it was October 31st. It was snowing. So, uh, 1991, October 31st, 1991. I remember, I don't remember, what did, do you remember what you did that first day? Uh, the two of us, how I remember it, and I don't remember what you were doing. You are probably crying with them in the truck. I, I, I don't cry. You don't cry? No. I, actually, that, I know it wasn't you, but I, all I remember was, we had like 14 students, and, and it was just us. I don't know what those 14 students did, but Mr. Clements and I were running in and out of buildings all I'm like for like three hours just checking stuff out. I have no idea where those students did. Did you guys take care of them? You were in the truck crying. Yeah. Must have been you, ma'am. You must have been taking care of the boys because we were, I forgot we even had boys. It was so cool. <laughs> this old 
broken down Mount St. Helens dumped seven inches of ash on it, Air Force Base. And she's right. There was no power. There was no water. There was no nothing. There was no, remember those little space heaters we had to buy to try to get people's feet warm and all that good kind of stuff? So, But the Lord blessed us in Othello. We grew from 15 students to 186 students. So if that felt like a lot, just keep in mind that it's just the tip of it. And please follow all the linkity links in the show description and follow up with all of these survivors and advocates. Uh, it's very important that we maintain focus on agape moving forward. If we don't maintain this momentum, then we won't be able to rejoice these super quick cataclysmic success stories like we had with Circle of Hope. And it's just the beginning with Circle of Hope as well, just as all of these are. So please continue to join us on this journey. Thank you. And we are so proud of all the survivors who've been participating in advocacy recently, all those who came before us. And hopefully there are far fewer after us if we do our job right and together. So also make sure that you subscribe to our podcast, rate and write a review so others can find us and link up with us on all the socials. We are talk troubled pretty much everywhere. Until next time, see you soon.